and welcome to today's podcast episode. It's uh, it's 3.50 right now. Uh, the podcast is actually already done. This is just a little intro to tell you what's coming up. Um, somebody that I didn't talk to basically all winter. We had a small COVID disagreement, but one night I sent a text off. I try to take the high road. I try to be the, the, the bigger person. I try to uh, do my best to, uh, to apologize when I screwed up. I upset Amanda last night, and I apologized when she told me that um, what I said was was hurtful. So be accountable. Um, so we're, we're good with this person. She will be along first, and then after that, we have another she, uh, someone that I've never met before, but something that I think so many people in the area need to at least ask some questions about. It's the Emergency Mortgage Assistance Program. You know, on the podcast over the last, well, during the pandemic, a couple of different times, there were some grants available through the city to help out small businesses. This time, the city has some money for 150 people to take care of six months of forbearances or past due balances on the mortgages. Six months, late fees, penalties. But the city housing commissioner, Tiffany McNair, will be on after our chat with Melissa to talk about that. One quick thing before... Uh, ooh, I already told you Melissa. Uh, one quick thing before Melissa is on. A couple of days uh, this week, we've I've thrown out at you, I, I want to get my dad a present. And I already told you, he doesn't want me buying him anything. He doesn't want gift cards for restaurants. He doesn't want tickets to a baseball game. I'm stuck. So then I began thinking, what can I get for him or do for him that doesn't cost anything? I'm He doesn't want anything artistic. I, we want to draw a picture of him and the dog or something. Um, that, ridiculous. So... Every parent, I think, takes great pride in, in seeing, assuming that you have a good relationship with your parents. Every parent wants to see their kids be successful. They take great pride in that. I remember three years, it was three years ago, um, my dad and the girl I was dating at the time, we had just gotten back from, from having breakfast and we got back to my apartment downtown and I saw someone sitting down uh, down the street in the, in, the, in the corner. They look kind of solemn and down. And uh, my dad and she went inside. I said, Dad, hold on. I'll be in in a minute. And I went over and I, my dad saw me talking to this person. He was my neighbor, um, my, my neighbor's son. And he was always going through some things, so I tried to be there for him. And um, my dad knew that I had been doing uh, a lot of mental health advocacy but he never got to see it or experience it. Or I think he did see my TED Talk, but that, that was it. He doesn't get to see me going to schools or he doesn't listen to the show. He doesn't listen to the podcast. But he said he was very proud that he went over, that I went over and talked to what he thought was a homeless person because Connor looked a little downtrodden, but that's just Connor. Hi, Connor. Um, my dad, I saw it. My dad was very proud in me for doing that. And I could see that like he had a, he had a proud dad moment. I can't remember him last having that because I, I've lived at home for a long, long time. So if you could do this favor for me, I've put a video up on my Facebook page and I think my dad, since again, he's not connected to this area at all. He doesn't hear or see anything that I do. Um, if you could share on, on that Facebook post, a way that I've positively impacted you um, and then I will show all those comments to my dad. I think he will have a proud dad moment. It could be something as small as, I, you know, when you post your dog pictures, you make me smile. You have a funny little joke there and you post your dogs a lot and it makes me smile. 
Or maybe I've helped you understand your own mental health, especially over the last year. Or I've told you that I've empowered you to help yourself to go talk to somebody so you can be in a better place or that, you know, medication is not so bad. So whatever it is, however I've positively impacted your life or our community, leave a comment on the Facebook page and I'll show it to my dad and I'm sure he will be proud and that will be a good present for him. Um, All right. The aforementioned Melissa is Melissa Andrews from WTOL. Let's connect. Hello, the new Q105. Hi. Hi. Yeah, it's it's it sounds like you're on the phone, but we can do this because I know you want I know you want girlfriend information. Yeah. Um, so I was over there last night and you'll like this story. Are we are we on air oh, now? Oh yeah, we're on your podcast. We're to, okay. we're totally on. Um, you'll like this story. So he he uh, he's three and a half. Not my girlfriend. Her son. Uh-huh. His his name is Piercy J. Um, and for whatever reason, whenever I'm over there, he poops a lot. And last night was a two poop night, and mm-hmm. w- one of them smelled like. My both of my dogs pooping together piled up times ten. It was it was it was foul, and then it, maybe you make him feel relaxed. I, that I, that's that's got to be what it is because I'm I'm learning all about this. He's not potty trained yet for 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 re- he's just not potty trained yet, and that's totally fine. So he also likes to take his clothes off, something that you like mm-hmm. to do. Um, and uh, towards the end of my visit, around 8.30 or so, like he was shirtless and pantsless and just in the diaper. And then um, he began to like, if a, if, a, if a catcher was beginning to get into their catcher squat, like one third of the way through that, he did that. And I said, is that his, is that his pooping motion? And Amanda said, yes. So that was... Utterly fascinating. <laughs> and then in a couple minutes after that, I mean, did it again. And then a couple minutes after that, I noticed that, that like, um, a 90s rapper, his his bottom wear was sagging a bit. And then I said, okay. does that mean that there's something in there? And she said, yeah. Like, don't you see, like, the, there was, like, like, the lower part. Like, she thought there, there was a good solid turd in there. And all of this was just utterly fascinating to me. Well... I definitely think maybe he's just relaxed around you. You know, they say that certain stores will make you go poop. Like what? Like a lot of people poop in Target or um, like the library or like Hobby Lobby because they say that you're overstimulated by everything that you're seeing. I get it. <laughs> I get it. She, and the, all these things I'm, I'm learning, um, she told me that... Uh, she pressed on my belly last night. I was like, why did you do that? She was like, that's where I can make you poop. I'm like, you can't make me poop. And she was like, yeah. Wait, the girlfriend did this? Yes. To you? Yes, there was a lot of poop talk last night. Okay, that's a little weird. Well, she was just showing me that, like, that's what she did to him. So okay. is that, like, did you do that to to your, for, to your to Drew Barry, Reese, and Rory, like, when you needed them to go, like, you push below their belly button, and it's like a button? Oh, my gosh. We spent so many time, so much time trying to get the third one to poop, and we're still dealing with it. But my friends came over who are nurses, and they had to put something up there. Oh, God. And then the one was like, mushy, 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 I guess. I don't know. He squeezed <sighs> on his belly. But the only thing that really works is, like, apple juice and Miralax. 
There you go. <laughs> and the mirror, I've taken that before. It dissolves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you did that. You you had to do that to Rory because he just couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't we're drop it like a top. Yeah, we're still doing that. How come and I? He's five and a half. I thought he was. Six. I thought he was like properly potty trained. Now, what's the holdup? Well, he had a. You know, sometimes they divert back if you don't keep it up with the apple juice and the Miralax. A couple days, we'll get him irregular again. Right. Well. Was that when is he? Is this what our friendship has resulted? Has look, we've known to? each other. We've known each other a long time now. When when Rory was just out of you, and we've mm-hmm. had a lot of life things we've gone through. So, and I I think this is a good topic to discuss. Um, <laughs> you said so. I think before we had our little COVID breakup, um, he was pooping but then he was there was he was potty trained but then he was also holding it in for like days right like six days oh my five god or six days and then it would be like a big softball yeah still sometimes yeah it's and terrible then he, and then he'll like walk around and be real clingy that's another sign to look for they get real clingy and whiny and like fidgety when they're when but, they need to poop but they're it. afraid Got it, got it. Okay, mm-hmm. well, little Piercy J is not afraid to poop at all. Um, he is he is like my well, dad. Like once on a you schedule. start to try to potty train him and they have the idea that they need to go on the toilet, that's when they could get afraid, yeah, I guess. Got it. I, I asked her, I was like, what do you, how do you intend to, so he's autistic and he's nonverbal. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with potty training. Um, and I don't know anything about any of this stuff, but I'm just setting some mm-hmm. context here. Um, but I asked her, I was like, what are you going to do? Like, how will you potty train him? And she didn't not say, I'm going to let him sit in his own poop. And is is that part of it? Well, yeah. Like our daycare didn't want to do much with him in that regard, because if they're okay with sitting in it, then. I mean, then they're, you got to wait till they're not okay with sitting in it, I guess. Right. She seemed to get this. I did not have these issues with the first two, though. Oh, they're all different. They're now, all different. Now you just have a bratty preteen, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole nother bump in the road, you know? That's when the true grays will come in. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Um, let's uh let's let's talk shop a little bit. So Oh yeah. You and news. I you and I have mm-hmm. I I was telling people as I told you this that the only reason I moved for mornings is because I just follow you around like a little lost dog. <laughs> so um what's life like now not having to wake up at like two o'clock in the morning? I know that you you didn't like parts of it, but you adjusted to it, and there were some positives and negatives. But how are you feeling about the transition now? I don't know. I feel bad because I feel like people expect me to be like, oh, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. But to be honest, it isn't. I mean, I don't think any I think any shift, um, you know, when you have kids that have a lot going on is difficult, and you have guilt, and... I think in regard to like waking up at 2 a.m., I kind of refer to it as like a bad breakup where you know you needed to break up, but when you look back on it, you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad, you know? So I think that I was miserable waking up at 2, but now I look back at it and I'm like, oh, that wasn't so bad. But um, obviously the people that are around me have improved the situation. I think it was a really tough transition for me because Andrew, who's like my best friend, um, left 
just six weeks after I, I went there and I knew he was leaving right as I was starting. So that was like really difficult. Um, but just having Jeff here, he's been amazing. I mean, more than I could have asked for, quite frankly. Um, you know how it is. People come and go and sometimes you get people who aren't used to the area and they don't know what they're talking about. And, you know, it's it's a challenge for viewers to accept that and and it's certainly a lot more work on the people in the station. So just to have Jeff in there slide right in and um we make each other laugh and, you know, he's a really hard worker so that just makes my life that much easier um and we have some other people behind the scenes that really just um are just great to be around so it's improving it's improving and I realized just the other day with my kids off on spring break I was like on my feet with them for eight hours and I thought to myself like I guess any parent even if you're working like eight to four or something it's it would be a lot to have that full work load and then come home and probably run your kids all over the place too. So, you know, yeah, it, well, there's just no perfect situation when you're doing all of it. No, it's not. Nobody's it, loving on each other during the week and like watching movies and eating popcorn, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you, you hit on it um, for people that don't know, like you don't have, there's very few people who do what you do in front of uh, the camera or behind it or wherever that have like a good schedule. Cause you were like, what, like two to 10, two to 11. And then there's other people that like, for the reason I think Jerry finally decided to retire. He's like, I think ter- what Terry told him she was sick of like him coming home at midnight for so many years. There's no, yeah. there's no yeah, good hours. Yeah. I get home at midnight and then, you know, the kids, you know, have to get up and have someone help them with breakfast and getting off to school and stuff. And so that's, that's not like I'm sleeping in now. Right. Um, I can go back to bed, but then you're like, oh, I'm wasting my day. So, I mean, I really think the schedule is great for a single person. <laughs> I used, I did it for a while when I was single, and it was great because you could sleep in until like 10, 11, go to the gym, grocery store, and then you go to work. And it's no problem if you get home at midnight, you know? Um, but I mean- the sleeping hours are more normal. Good. I, I'm the opposite yeah. of you with the hour transition. And there have been times since I have been doing mornings and I thought with with the challenges I have mentally, emotionally, and psychologically, maybe I'm mm-hmm. just not cut out to wake up this early because you mm-hmm. can, you, I, I don't think most people can ever get used to it. You know, God bless Fred Lefevre for how many ever years and sticking through it. Um, I, I look back and I, I'm not going to be able to fulfill what I wanted to. I'm happy to still have all this, but the hours are much better, and it certainly helps me maintain a solid mood. Yeah, and but you're more regular hours, right? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 for for sure. Afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's not as stressful as what I used to do or what you did. Um, what's uh, what's what's the real tea with Robert? Does he just want to like go play golf eight eight hours a day? <laughs> no, I think so. That's yeah, what, probably. I believe it because I know some people have told me he just loves golf and he's actually really, he, really I good mean, at it. I mean, all the time, yeah. Yeah, he's always talking about golf. And I don't know, he's he's got a very um, unique personality and I get to see a little bit of it. You know, he really likes Irish music and he talks about golf a lot and he's into horse racing and he's really good at words with friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, like, really good. He's a very, very, very smart 
smart, smart person. And, um, you know, I think that he takes weather extremely seriously. I think they all do, but he takes it extremely seriously. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up doing something still with weather. I'm not sure. Um, he hasn't revealed that to us yet, but he seems really um, happy with his decision. He seems content with it. He keeps saying that his buja, which I think is a grandma in Polish maybe, um, told him to let a long time ago when he was a kid, I think she had a saying about letting someone else have a chance. And so he keeps saying that it's time for someone else to have a chance. And we certainly have like, we have with Ryan and Chris in the building, uh, we have really good, um, a really good person who come in and take that role. I don't know who it's going to be yet. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's, it's an exciting time for him. It stinks for the station because you know what's going to happen is people are going to say, oh, what's going on over there? Another one is leaving, you know. And so that's always frustrating because there really is no reason, I think, that people would, you know, choose to leave that has to do with the station. You know what I mean? It just happens that life happens to everyone and, and it, he's decided that it's his time, you know? Yeah. Um, did the thought go through your head? Cause I no no disrespect at all to, um, Steven Ariel before that, Michelle and, and Tim, but did the thought go through your head? It's like, Oh God, please Chris, let Chris come to, to the night side. Right. Cause of you course. love him. I was yeah. like, Chris, <laughs> as soon as I found out, I was like, okay, so let's make this happen. <laughs> what, did, what did he say? Cause you, you did talk about it with him, right? Oh yeah. And you know, Chris and I have had conversations for many years many years about how in this business, as you kind of just touched on, there's kind of a main role that everyone seeks to get. And that would be, you know, usually in TV news, the, the role that I'm in now, the, the main anchor role. But, you know, for years, we had always talked about how content we were in the mornings because of our families. And we had always said, you know, oh, we'll never go to the evenings. We'll never go to the evenings. And I think that he's, he realizes, like I did, if you don't at least explore it now, you just never know when the next opportunity will come. And like you already said, um, most people know that they can't do that morning shift forever. So I think for the first time, he's really, you know, looking into that possibility and thinking about it. But, you know, of course, there's a ton of factors. And, um, of course, it's it's my hope, but you know, I, I understand too that, I mean, I've been complaining to him for months about the family stuff. So <laughs> now I can't just turn around and say like, Oh, Hey, it's so wonderful. But who wouldn't want to be working once again with the nicest man in Northwest Ohio? I know he is. He is. Last I mean, I would love it, but also Ryan. I mean, Ryan is super great too, right? I love Ryan Weekman. You do too. You know, he's, I he's do. a great person. I so s- either one I would be more than happy with. I saw I saw the uh, the playground that Ryan yes. know, has been working on for, for quite yes. some time. Yes. Um, broke ground last week and I saw his picture. Yes. It was on Twitter somewhere and I was like, I wonder if 13 is going to cover the story. And they did, which they should have. Mm-hmm. Of course, Ryan wasn't mm-hmm. any of those. And that, doing that now means a lot more to me with, uh, with Amanda's son being autistic and mm-hmm. like... I'm looking forward to that a lot. I have one last question because I got to get ready to do some of my show stuff. What's mm-hmm. the hot gossip in Sylvania where there is always hot gossip and something brewing on the neighborhood Facebook pages? <laughs> I'm not on Facebook anymore. It's so toxic. Only for work. 
Um, well, there's got to be. I don't know. I feel like I'm in a place where I need to concentrate on self care, and so I'm just re- trying to read a book a month and stay out of the gossip in Sylvania. Okay. What book have you been reading? Right now, I'm reading four. Well, I haven't started the one. I'm reading Where the Crawdads Sing. It is a murder mystery based in the South in the 50s and 60s. I'm reading like The Art of Not Giving an F. The Subtle Art like of that. By, by Mark Manson. I read that book. Yes. Yes. And then there is another one about something with the F. Same kind of line. Same kind of like, don't give an F. And and just to clarify for people, it doesn't mean you're uncaring or indifferent. It's just what we all need. And the books are about kind of learning in your life what to care about and what not to care about, what to let go, and where to focus your energies. Because, you know, like right now, with Instagram and social media and everything, especially for women, I think it can be easy to say, I need this, I want this, I'm not happy. But really, the books are about how you become unhappy by trying to be happy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, the biggest thing that I remember, and I, I, I might have thrown, I hope you read that book all the way through and you're like, Eric told me that five years ago, because that's when I read it. <laughs> but the biggest thing I remember from that book, and I read his blog for a long time before that book came out, um, mm-hmm. the biggest thing I remember is... What are you will are what are you willing to suffer for or are you willing to suffer for this? Because anything that is something that you want to achieve or accomplish um, that's worth anything, you will suffer a bit for. Yeah, and just that, you know, I think we're all kind of wussies a little bit. I mean, life is gonna throw you crap and you just have to like find a way to deal with the crap because this thought that everything's supposed to be perfect or easy, I feel like is so dominant right now. I don't know, maybe especially with COVID, because we all kind of joke around about how we would just like to lay there now or like blow off this or not go socialize. I know you and I talk about that a lot. So, I mean, but still, you've got to face your your problems. So good stuff. Last thing. What story have you worked on lately that you've enjoyed or what are you looking forward to working on? Well, actually, I'm going to be doing a story about mental health and, um, again, something you and I have talked a lot about. I want to talk to women, again, kind of just in my age range and kind of not social circle, but kind of time in life about anxiety right now, again, because I think that not that, you know, I'm actually clinically diagnosed with anxiety disorder, but like I think people in general have anxiety or anxious thoughts and things like that. And I just don't think people stop to deal with things. And I just want to create a space maybe where they can bring up some of their concerns and their worries and then just really connect them with mental health professionals or people who are in the spiritual, you know, faith-based or nutrition and fitness. I think it all combines to help you achieve like more peace. So I want to kind of connect women who are having those issues with, with those types of resources, I guess. Good, 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 good. Well, this was lovely. We can uh, get back on our dinner schedule if you'd like. Um, Would like. And um, yeah, next time we talk, we'll have, you'll have to do a, this was Melissa Andrews from WTOL. Next time you'll have to do Melly Mel and really let the filters off. 
I felt like I left some filters off. I, I named the books about the F. No, 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 no. The other You're stuff. always trying to get me in trouble. No. But next time, can we not talk about the poop so much? I want to hear about this girlfriend more. What You got one question. What do you want to ask? Are you dating her because of the child? No, but I did hold off on meeting him <laughs> because I didn't want... Because I, with who I dated three years ago, I was like so enamored with him, and I was. I know. I that's was, why I was worried. Yeah, so that's why I held off as as long as I thought was appropriate, um, to make sure that like I was all in with her, and he was just like the cherry on top. No, the poop okay, on top. Good. So yeah, it's it's. And it, now you're you're in there pooping all good. Uh, up to my eyeballs in poop. So. But I, Great, she, welcome. She had to do the same kind of thing because she had to make sure that she wasn't just hanging out with me because of my dogs. Oh, well, it sounds like you have one big happy family now. Yeah, it's uh, it it takes time away from sleeping, which I was doing too much of. But <laughs> it's, it's springtime; it's my time of year. Smack yeah. any smack anybody that says it's too hot because I'm all about this. Well, that's good for you. This is good for you. All right, well, I'll text you and we'll figure out dinner, okay? Okay. All right, bye. Bye. Let's uh, let's say hello to Tiffany McNair, the city housing commissioner. Um, my first time ever getting to chat with you. Just, thanks for taking a couple of minutes. We've got some important things to discuss. It's nice to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Really happy to uh, share with you about our program that we have going. Yeah, I have lots of questions. And that program, and you can just explain what it is because there's a lot of words in my email. And it's a, it's got a big title, the Emergency Mortgage Assistance Program. So let's talk about that. What is it? Yes. So the Emergency Mortgage Assistance Program, um, also known as EMAP, we have a little acronym ready for it, uh, so you won't have that mouthful. But the Mortgage Assistance Program is designed to assist 150 households in the city of Toledo who have had a negative impact to their income due to COVID-19. And as a result of that negative impact, they've either had to get a forbearance on their mortgage or they've got some delinquencies currently. And we're just here to help them you know, get back on track, offer our support, and make sure that we are keeping uh, folks that want to live in Toledo in Toledo. For sure. How can people, how, how do people qualify for this? So the program is for households that are at or below 80% the area median income. On our website, we do have uh, a chart that shows the number of people in a household and then what their maximum income um, is allowed to be for this program. And I'll tell you real quick, that website is toledo.oh.gov slash mortgage. So if they can show that they are at or below 80% AMI and also that they had an impact due to COVID-19 with a delinquency on their mortgage and that they are actually um, citizens of the city of Toledo, they could be eligible for this program. This program will offer up to six months of assistance for past mortgage um, uh, mortgage payments, current mortgage payments, and future mortgage payments. We also can pay the taxes and insurance if they are a part of the regular mortgage. Can I ask uh, what that what that, that was? It AMI, average medium income. Is, is yeah, that I get that area. right? 
Yeah, area median income that is defined, and those numbers are uh, set by HUD every year. Got it. Do you know any of them? Can you share any of them off offhand, or is it? I mean, it's probably best to look at the website, but I'm just trying to get a ballpark here. Sure. So, um, for a family of four, the maximum allowable income is fifty-seven thousand five hundred. Got it. Got it. Got it. And so that comes out to a monthly of about four thousand seven ninety-two. Okay. Um, some of the other things uh, about the program, we'll tell you where to go to go after this in just a second here. Um, only one application per property, correct? That is correct. And that's because we want to make sure that we are giving everyone an equal opportunity to apply and get this uh, assistance. And we don't want to clog up our system with two or three applications for the same address it just delays um, anyone from getting assistance. So one application per house. Sure. And how will how will people be selected? So this time, uh, the city is doing something different. It has come by way of some studies with the National Low Income Housing Coalition and our own observation of uh, launching new programs. Um, instead of a wait list or first come first serve, we're going to do this via a lottery. Um, the lottery ensures a more equitable opportunity for everyone who's applied to uh, possibly be chosen for assistance. Um, first come first serve causes panic. We usually have people that have more access to um, certain amenities. People don't realize that not everyone has access to the internet. They actually yeah. have to call in for supporting documentation. So we're doing this via a lottery. Um, the lottery will be a blind lottery. It will be drawn based on application numbers. Once that is done, we will have our intake specialist review uh, the application for completedness. Our neighborhood development specialist will approve the uh, requested assistance and we will get the check cut and mailed directly to the mortgage servicer. Excellent. What, what was the, the, it was up to six months again, correct? And I guess up to six months of assistance. Uh, again, that's for your past due mortgage, current mortgage, and future mortgage payments. Okay, um, I like the idea that it's it's by a lottery. I'm I'm always in favor of things like that, so that you don't have people rushing or working in radio for a long time. You could. Um, who was your favorite artist as a kid growing up? I know that's out of this uh, outside of the scope of this interview, but this is what we do here. So, who was your favorite artist as a kid when you were growing up that you wanted to see in a concert? Oh, this is going to age me, Michael Jackson. I totally fine. Going to the record store and my dad buying me the bad album. Okay. And I still have it. Legendary album. Yeah, like uh, giving away concert tickets over the years, you could imagine with some some sob stories people would, would call in with. that The only way their cat would survive this very minimal operation is if they got tickets to go see NSYNC. But um, it's always, I'm, I'm glad that it's through a lottery. And we talked about... Um, uh, some people not having access to internet. Now, these all need to be submitted electronically, though, correct? That is true. So what we have done, um, thinking ahead, is we worked with the Toledo-Lucas County Public Libraries, and we have set up community outreach dates at uh, 10 different library branches across the city. So we have three intake specialists there, um, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, except this week we're going to be at the uh, main library on Saturday, but we have them there 
for open appointments. If you need some assistance, they have laptops, they have portable scanners. We can upload your documents and walk you through the whole application process. Awesome. Hasn't the, I, I, I was hoping and I knew that you were going to say that the library was going to be the, the access point for those who need to uh, to do this electronically and get online. Haven't they been great during during the last 12 months? This library, I mean, <laughs> when we reached out um, to ask them, could we uh, post up at their branches to get this program launched and to help those people that have uh, a, a lack of access uh, to Wi-Fi and Internet and technology? We didn't ask twice. Yeah. They immediately said yes, and they gave us uh, a space in each library. Every time we have a, a date there, we have a designated spot that we are available to provide this service. So oh. the library, uh, on top of being one of my favorite places to hang out in the city, is actually uh, a, a great partner. Do you have a favorite branch? Reynolds Corner. I like it. I like it. That was mine until I moved. That's a good spot. Um, Tiffany McNair, the city housing commissioner. I do have some other questions, but this is the emergency mortgage assistant program. It goes through uh, 4.30 on Friday, April 16th. So you just have a little over a week to get into this. It'll be 150 families who have six months of of, uh, mortgage payments taken care of. Um, Toledo.oh.gov slash mortgage. There's an email address. Um, Would you suggest that people also use the phone number as well? Yes, please feel free. You can call us at 419-245-1435. Awesome. Um, We have appointment times available Monday and Friday for people who can't make those library visits. We have our team set up that we can make appointments and meet you here at Government Center and help you with that application. Any idea how many people in the area, in Toledo, might fall under these circumstances? Or is that just too much, too impossible to know at this point? It's possible to know. I have not looked into that, but I will say that the city of Toledo, we don't have a really um, high income uh, population. So honestly, most people here in the city um, are at or below 80% of the AMI. So most people will be eligible for this program. Good to know. Good to know. Um, how on the income, I should say that. Last, uh, yeah, last question um, on on this. I do have a couple other questions. If you have a couple more minutes, um, how how can uh, how do people have to verify or prove that uh, that they've missed mortgage payments or that they're eligible in that regard? They just have to um, bring emails or or letters and take that to a library visit or scan them online. Well, they would need, uh, we're asking for your March 2020 mortgage statement to make sure that the impact was due to COVID. Um, You would have had to been current, effective February 29, 2020, 29th because 2020 was a leap year. Um, And we would need the most recent mortgage statement. So however they're able to get that, whether they have the actual paper statement or they can log on to their account, pull that down, we can download it and upload it to uh, the portal, the application portal, that is fine. Okay. One last question. This might one be this might be a tough one. How do you know for sure? There's some very key words that you said there. Due to COVID, how do you know for sure? Because those are the people that we want to help. Those are the people that have been been hurt the most because of what's been going on for the last year. How can you make sure that was the case as opposed to somebody else who just might have been financially irresponsible? Yeah. Well, most people. I will say this. Most people are honest first of all. And so they will have 
some type of documentation, whether it's from their employer, they'll have something if they apply for unemployment benefits uh, from the state showing that they were awarded unemployment benefits, that there was a change in income, the effective date of, of that uh, will show that it may have been due to COVID. They may have, um, unfortunately, some people, it got really bad, so they were applying for services with Job and Family Services. We can look at the award that they got there to show that um, they had a negative impact on their income. And we will allow, I know some businesses, um, it, it got beyond the point of return and they had to shut down completely, so some people don't have that letter from the employer. Uh, we will allow in extreme circumstances for the applicant to self-certify that they have had a uh, an impact due to COVID-19. Okay. Um, and of course, you know, the city has a gang of attorneys, so they send over <laughs> the documents to make sure they put legalese in there to say that they are affirming that um, what they are stating is in fact true. And then you'll have to sit in a room with Ignazio, who is stone-faced. And if he doesn't believe, he, he has a BS meter in him. He'll know if you're lying or not. <laughs> Tiffany, um... Uh, well, we need to have him at the libraries, right? <laughs> yes, he is a bulldog. He is a true bulldog. Um, I love how he is so bold to always... He doesn't ever send anything my way that he know, like, wouldn't make sense. So he's always sent good people my way. Mm-hmm. You're one of them. Um, it's good to chat with you. A couple more questions. What does the city housing commissioner do when there's not a pandemic? Well, that I wouldn't know because I came here, I started during the pandemic. So I have no reference to what do you do outside of a pandemic. What no, do- I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I oversee the city housing program. So we have a owner-occupied rehabilitation program called Home Rescue. Um, we have a down payment assistance program called Home at Last where we are able to provide uh, down payment and closing cost assistance up to $9,500, depending on uh, if it's in a targeted neighborhood. If not, the maximum is $7,500. I am uh, overseeing our LED program. That's for owner-occupied and rental properties as well. I have a couple of development projects going on that are not related to COVID. one of the most recent things that we did was we broke ground at Secor Senior Lofts. Um, the uh, development that's going up um, on Secor and Monroe Street, um, we're a part of that. So I do that. I I type a little bit here and <laughs> there. I <laughs> I go to meetings. I uh, uh, actually. Uh, have a lot of contact with the public so if someone calls and they have a general question about a housing program just you know joe donut who lives um in south toledo and no offense joe donut but he can call and not have to talk to uh, a clerk or a secretary and talk directly to me about um, housing needs or any help and direction that he may need So um, fully accessible um, and uh, supporting uh, the team here in the housing division and and overall the Department of Neighborhoods. So 
that's what I do. The housing market has been uh, scorching hot if you're selling over the last year. I think a lot of it was fueled by COVID. Um, I've, from people that I've asked, that this is not the same kind of thing that happened in 2008. This is just supply and demand. Um, how has that, and with low more, uh, with low interest rates as, as well, how has that affected what you do and, and the people that you interact with? Well, with the housing market being as uh, hot as it is, you're actually very right on that. We've seen a, a huge jump in the down payment assistance uh, grants that we are able to administer. So we are getting a lot of people that are reaching out to us directly, um, and then we just send them to a lender because the lender actually has to apply on behalf of the, the buyer. But um, a lot of people are interested in buying a home. The interest rates, I've never seen them uh, this low ever. I'm, I'm shocked when I see, the lowest I saw was about two and a half percent. Yeah. That came through here. So if you're able to get the down payment assistance on top of having a low interest rate, you walk into um, home ownership with instant equity. Yeah, it's so been it's been something to watch. Hurts. Yeah. Um, well, it was good to get to know you, and uh, I, I am in. I, I live in South, I, Southwest Toledo, even though that's not a thing. I like to be geographically accurate. I will be now on the lookout for a Joe Donut. I will tell him that he can call you, get lots of personable uh, help from the city, and, and maybe some, from what I can tell, some good music suggestions as well. Yeah, I, I like music. I love music, so. Tell them to come my way, and I thank you so much for uh, giving me this platform. It means a lot, and we appreciate your support. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Tiffany, good to meet with you. Hopefully, we'll meet in person one of these days, and uh, maybe I'll just take a visit to the library, and I'll, I'll see if that's you. So it was really good to talk to you. Thank you for this great opportunity for everybody that lives here. Thank you. Thanks, Tiffany. Bye-bye. Bye.